0: Well, good morning. It's great to be here and good to see everyone. We had a powerful, powerful time this past weekend. And and if you are not here, we are actually making the CDs available. Uh, and it's actually five CDs and then a DVD of, of one of the services that was actually uh, videoed. Uh, and that's going to be made at a cost of just $20. And for those that serve back there in children's ministry, we're just going to bless you with a set of... Because we know that the investment you made to the children back there was significant. Uh, there's been many testimonies. It's been a very busy week. We're hearing from a lot of people, and so of of what God's done. And I, I think there's there's a place for giving testimony. So we're going to give time in the service uh, this morning uh, for people to share testimonies of what God has done. The Bible says in, in Revelation uh, chapter eleven, I believe, or twelve eleven, it says we overcome by the blood of the Lamb, the word of our testimony and so there's a significant place for giving testimony of what God has done it's a it's a means to declare the wonderful workings of God and to inspire others and encourage others to to come to him and, and receive what he has for them but this morning uh, the title of the message is awakening 715 and and if you uh, just you know put a little mind to it you'd see that 715 is our area code. So that's the the, the region that we live in. And uh, I believe that God is establishing people that will be catalysts to bring revival to this generation. And I believe we need revival in a great way. It's, there's so many issues we're facing as a nation. There's so many issues we're facing as families and our communities. And I believe that re- revival is the solution that God has to turn things around. And in fact, uh, if we, we highlight or just, I want to briefly mention about the Great Awakening that occurred before this country was born. It started in the 1730s and lasted up until the 1770s. And Jonathan Edwards, you probably heard that name, was one of the men of God that was used to to minister a convicting message to bring people to Christ. And the the work of God and the move of God that, that was established at that time in the nation gave birth to America. A nation, one nation under God. It established the foundations by which this country was founded upon. It was birth and revival. America was a nation birth in revival. Did you know that? Because men came from across the sea, families and women came from across the seas to seek religious freedom and expression, to be able to serve God without harassment, without government tyranny. And so this nation was birthed in revival. And then the Second Great Awakening lasted some 50 years. And it it started in the 1840s. Actually, I'm sorry, the 1790s to the 1840s. And that spanned the entire United States, bringing uh, evangelism to America. And in fact, uh, the outcome of that was the abolishment of slavery where there was men that were raised up and in getting involved in the issue and seeing the injustice in the land and, and wanting to deal and address it. And so I believe the Second Great Awakening exerted a lasting impact on American society uh, more than any other revival prior to that time. And um, it, 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 it lasted 50 years. Amen? That's, that's powerful. Now, if if you've studied and and did a little bit of research about George Washington, he had a vision of the Great Awakenings. Well, he lived through the first one, but he had a vision that there'd be two more Great Awakenings in America. And the third is yet to come. Now, some people might say, well, the the Zeus Street Revival, and that brought forth Pentecost to our generation. Uh, And and that could be maybe the beginning of it. But to have a wide-sweeping revival... Over America that changes society. I believe that is yet to be. And I believe we're seeing the beginnings of it across the nation in places. Because what America needs is revival. What America needs is a great awakening. Can you say amen? Amen. I I personally believe that the great awakening may usher in the second coming of Jesus Christ in his return to the earth. And uh, I believe that this past weekend we were introduced to some men. Who God is using as catalyst to bring revival and to bring awakening to America. I want you this morning to uh, stand with me as we read the word, and I'm going to ask that you read with me. Um, it's important that we honor the Word of God, and as we use it as our guide, and we cherish, cherish, ch- cherish. <laughs> I'll get it right. It's words in our heart. And, and not only just respect and reverence the word, but embrace it to a point where it begins to be the driving force of our life, that we live out what the Bible says. And we see some instruction in Romans chapter 13 here, and we, we want to read this together starting at verse 11. It says, And do this, knowing the time that now it is high time to awake out of sleep, For now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. Verse 12 goes on to say, let's read this together. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Therefore, let us cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the day, not in rivalry and drunkenness, not in lewdness and lust, not in strife and envy, then verse 14, put on, but put on, Sit up there? Okay, let's read it together. But put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lusts. Let's pray. Father, we're thankful today for your word. And we pray that you would give to us a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. That truly as we see this exhortation, to be awakened. Father, that it is now time to wake up. It is now time to put on Christ. It is now time to put off the deeds of the flesh. It is now time to get serious with you. Father, we open up our hearts to you, and we invite you to rule and reign in us and to have your way. In the name of Jesus, we give you praise and glory and honor. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. You know, uh, I love that passage. It says, put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, most Christians believe that Jesus lives in their heart. But he can't be kept hidden in our heart. We need to put him on. Uh, Just as you would put on a jacket, just as you would put on clothes, uh, he needs to be visible through your life. So that people, when they see you, they can witness who Jesus is. Because you are a representative of who Jesus is. The Bible says you're Christ's ambassadors in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 19. And as an ambassador, that means you're a representative. You don't represent your own interest anymore. You represent the interest of your Heavenly Father. And that is Jesus Christ, to represent Him to a lost and a dying world. Now... One of the things that I wanted to share, I wanted to share three important points with you today, and then we're going to open it up for testimonies. I'm going to call on some of you uh, that have shared with us uh, this past week, and and I believe that it's important to hear from the people and find out what is God doing in the lives of the people, what has happened this past week, because I believe that there are many that have had an encounter with God, and things are different. Uh, Pastor Deb this week she was having a hard time sleeping she'd wake up through the night and she'd begin to pray and intercede and and it's it's not like her to do that you know I mean just to wake up any time and how many of you have been awakened in the night time and you just feel the stirring of God in your heart yeah now that's not normal necessarily but that means that something is happening and God's encountering us hallelujah I tell you I'm excited about that um But direction for awakening, I just want to share these three points with you. Uh, The first is, it's important that we guard against offense. Whether it's first or second hand, because, see, somebody can offend me, and I can forgive them, but somebody that's close to me, that's upset with how that person treated me, they can be offended with that person, even though it's not a direct offense. And they can pick up their second-hand offense, and, and that's detrimental to their spiritual walk. Because offense will stop you in your journey with God. It will prevent you from moving forward, because offense is to take an issue and make it something that's an issue. And it doesn't have to be. The, the answer or the remedy for offense is forgiveness. And forgiveness is the greatest expression and demonstration of love. And, and Jesus showed that to us on the cross. When he hung on that cross and he said, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. What an expression of love. He could have been full of hate and bitterness. He said, you lousy people, you don't know who you're dealing with here. But no, he forgave them, even though they didn't even deserve To be forgiven. And so sometimes you might say, well, I'll forgive them if they ask me. No. Even if they don't deserve forgiveness, we have a responsibility to forgive. I just want to share the scripture here in Hebrews chapter 12. And I encourage you, this opening passage that we read, highlight that and refer to that the rest of this week. And let the Spirit of God speak to you about that about waking up. And there's maybe areas in your life that you need to deal with or take issue with because it can't be the same as it was because I believe God is is changing things up. He's changing the lineup. He's changing the lineup. Now, things aren't going to be the same. My whole desire here as as the pastor of this church is to really connect with the heart of God because where do we go from here? Because I don't want to just revert back to the same... Oh, same old. I want to move with what God wants to do in bringing something fresh. Because there's a city out here that needs to be won to Jesus. And you are the vessels that God wants to use to take salvation, to take healing, to take the love and mercy of God outside of these four walls. Because people are hurting out there. And they need to hear the message that God's given you and placed in your heart. And the joy of serving with God, he anoints us to do his work. He's commissioned us to go into all the world. You know, some of us, we'll go on a mission trip to Panama, but we're not willing to go across the street to minister to our neighbor. There's something wrong with that. And I'm not saying don't come to Panama with us, but we, we need to cross that chicken line as, as we've been talking about. Amen? Wow. What was I talking about here? <laughs> now we're going to give the testimonies. Hebrews chapter 12. We've got to deal with this offense thing because the greatest thing that's going to stop what God's doing is, is for the devil to get you offended at me or at your neighbor, at someone else around you. But we have to keep ourselves free of that. And Hebrews chapter 12, starting at verse 12, I believe is talking about revival here. It says, therefore strengthen the hands which hang down, You know, sometimes I'm just beat. I've been going through it. Things are tough and rough. And so you can't even lift your hands because you're just so down. Okay, strengthen the hands that hang down and the feeble knees and make straight paths for your feet so that what is lame may not be dislocated but rather be healed. God wants to deal with a dislocated body. And he wants to get every member of the body in its proper place so we can function. Did you ever have a dislocated joint? That's painful. And then to to get it back in joint, there's also pain. But once it's back, oh boy, now I can function again. Now I can use that arm again. Yeah. In verse 14, it says, Pursue peace with all people and holiness, without which no one will see the Lord. Verse 15, looking carefully, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God. How do we fall short of the grace of God? Because it's God's grace that empowers us to move in his spirit and to move in in the awakening or the revival that he's bringing. How do we fall short of the grace? Notice the second part of that verse. Lest any root of bitterness springing up cause trouble, and by this many become defiled. The root of bitterness gets there. That's offense. That's not dealt with. If you don't deal with that offense, whether it's a first or a second-hand offense, bitterness will take root in your heart. And we had a woman at the end of the service, uh, on, actually when they came up for prayer, she's from Milwaukee, she's Janet's friend, and she says, Pastor, I had a vision when they were praying over you in the church that this root of bitterness was pulled up and removed. Hallelujah. And, and that's a word for this whole church. He's removing the root of bitterness that has kept us at bay because of offense in our life with one another or with somebody even outside this church. You can, because offense will prevent you from moving with God. Um, so guard against offense because it will hinder and diminish the move of God that he wants to bring in our midst quicker than anything. Ephesians 4:31 and 32 take a look at that if you have your bibles turned there. See if the devil can get you offended with someone and you stay in that offense, you're jeopardizing what God wants to do in your life. You really are Ephesians 4:31 and 32 says let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. So put it away. Verse 32, and be kind one to another. As a parent, my greatest instruction to my children is this verse right here, be kind one to another. Just be kind. Be kind one to another. Amen. How many of you have those little situations that arise in your home? Sibling rivalry. Mm -hmm. Any of that? that? Or is that just our home? Okay, yeah. You know how I mean? These kids were both by the same parents, and then they at each other's throats. Come on, what is with this? You know, yes, not quite that bad, but. But it says and be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another. Now notice these two next words: even as, even as, even as, even as, even as God, for Christ's sake has forgiven you, even as God in Christ forgave you. Think about those words, even as. In other words, you are responsible to forgive even as God has forgiven you. And why is that? Because he forgave you. You have been equipped to forgive others. Because freely you receive, so freely you give. So when you hold offense towards someone, when you don't forgive them, then you are not exercising what you have the strength and ability to do. And you will be held accountable and responsible. And the scripture says in Mark eleven twenty five, 25, actually 26. It's not 25, 25, it's 25, 26. It says, and whenever you stand praying, because, you know, we love to stand and pray, amen? And you can kneel and pray, you can sit and pray. But if you have anything against anyone, anything against anyone, anything, anything against anyone, Okay? Anything against anyone, forgive him, that your heavenly, that your father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your father in heaven forgive your trespasses at all. Is forgiveness conditional? Well, when you study that scripture, it's hard to get around it. It seems to be a condition on you maintaining and keeping forgiveness in your life for what you've done wrong. So it's detrimental to your spiritual walk to not forgive. So that's why Jesus in the Lord's Prayer taught us to pray. Forgive us our trespasses, even as we forgive those who've trespassed against us. Wow. And so that's something you need to determine every day in your life to forgive offense the moment it comes. Set yourself in that posture to forgive. I need to move on here. The second point that we need to use to preserve and, 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 and allow revival to come is, is, and you can write those down in your notes, is capture contrary thoughts. Right. Right. Capture contrary thoughts. And in particular, thoughts that are racing through your mind, that are running free in your mind, uh-huh. and that you entertain, that you allow to stay there. Arrest them. Right. Arrest them. Now we need to look at this passage in Second Corinthians chapter ten. Turn there in your Bibles, chapter ten, starting at verse three. 2 Corinthians ten three says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. It's not a flesh and blood struggle, according to this passage. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. Okay? Verse 5 says, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Bringing every thought, every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. In other words, there's some thoughts that you need to arrest. That those thoughts are running rampant, running free, and they're messing you up. There are thoughts that are causing you to, to yield to temptation. There are thoughts that are causing you to have issues with other people, to judge them wrongly, to look at them in, in a negative way, not believing the best. But you entertain those thoughts and those thoughts will ultimately affect your actions because your thoughts determine your belief system and then your belief system determines what you do, your actions. Okay. And so, You need to arrest those thoughts, but in particular, you bring them into captivity to the obedience of Christ. In other words, you subject them to the word of God. And when you do that, those thoughts will not be a stronghold over you. Because the strongholds that we contend with are thoughts that we've not arrested. They become a stronghold. And what's a stronghold? A stronghold is anything that has a stronghold over you. Okay? It's messing your life up. Okay? Now, arrest, defined by Merriam-Webster, is to bring to a stop, to check, to slow, to make inactive, to seize, to capture, specifically to take or keep in custody by authority of law, to catch suddenly and engagingly and um, arrest attention. Okay? So, uh, to arrest is means to be seized, to be apprehended, to be stopped, to hinder, to restrain. So we've got to capture some of these thoughts. Because No, thoughts. Uh, let me tell you, we're always dealing with thoughts. I know that after, I, after the service, when I'm at the door, the enemy will be putting thoughts in my mind, oh, you really did a poor job up there today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And, 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 like, my daughter's up there on, on, on the worship team today. I know what they deal with in the thoughts. So I encourage them and I say, hey, you did good. You know, and the anointing was on them and the whole team. But, but the enemy tries to give us thoughts that take us off focus, and we get distracted. And we move in a direction that's contrary to what God wants us to move in. And so that's why we've got to address our thought life. Okay? So that was number two. Capture contrary thoughts that are racing through your mind. Don't let them race anymore. Okay? And then number three. Prayer. Prayer. I've scheduled a prayer and fast time for this week to see God after Wednesday night service I'm going to go off and spend some time just seeking the heart of God because I really want to get the heart of God concerning what we need to do as a church in responding to last week's services. Amen. Now, if you were not able to be here, I encourage you to get those tapes. And if you were here, get those tapes and listen to them again because there was so much shared. And and, and yet there was a, a an anointing. Oh, I won't forget. We're going to pray for Heidi before... Uh, This is her last Sunday. She and A.J. leave for Fort Bragg. Um, So, praise God. We're going to miss you, but you'll be back to visit. Yeah, praise God. Why don't you come up here? We can take a pause. We can do that. Come on up here. Deb, you can come. Mom and Dad, come. You've got the best in-laws here. Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. Sometimes... In-laws can be outlaws, but that's not the case here. <laughs> thank you, Father. Father, we stand with Heidi, and we thank you for uh, the purpose and plan that you have for her life. And as she reunites with AJ, her husband, at Fort Break, Father, we thank you that you have a plan and a purpose for them. We thank you for your hand and anointing upon them and that you use them in a powerful way in this next season of their life. In the name of Jesus, we, we bless their marriage of God. And we pray that you use them to reach out to people and touch them with your love, with your grace. In the name of Jesus, we pray protection and favor over them. As A.J., Father, finds the apartment and gets things ready for Heidi's arrival, we thank you, Lord, that that you have gone before to prepare the way. In Jesus' name, we give you praise. Thank
1: you, Father. Father, we just thank you that there's no fear. Thank you, Lord, that just as Bishop was ministering today that every thought is held captive. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord, that you prepare the way. And Father, I thank you for this mom and dad and this time of sending and releasing. Lord, I just thank you for the blessing in all of that and that this is just another chapter in the story of the life that you've, you've penned for this family. In Jesus' name, thank you.
0: Amen. Praise God. Bless you guys. Hallelujah. <clears throat> we don't always have to do things in the conventional way, right? right. right. You know, when um, Jesus was on his way to Jairus's house to raise his dead daughter, uh, the woman with the issue of blood kind of delayed his journey there, but he paused, took care of that, and just kept, kept on. So we, we can take care of things like that. Amen? Amen. Um, but the last thing, and I'm not going to spend a lot of time with that, but uh, uh, Pastor Ben, or as we know, Nico, who was with us, uh, he he talked about the significance and the importance of prayer and having that as a foundation. And he also commented that the foundation was laid for them to come and build. And it was not that common for, for them in going to different churches. He said the groundwork was laid. And interestingly enough, our theme last year was building a firm foundation. And we went into this year anticipating the move of God and looking at even what has been prophetically spoken over this church concerning revival and growth. We believe that we are entering into that season where we're going to begin to see a great move of God. Now, the joy of this is we can all be a part of it. Amen? That God's not going to exclude or leave out anyone. And so that's, that's excellent to, to know. Um, so at this time, I want to entertain some, some testimonies. Entertain, I don't know if that's the right word. But um, uh, the greatest, I think, the greatest testimony is from our young people when we see God gripping their hearts. So I'm thinking we're going to start with a couple of young people to share. And so um, your daughter, Alyssa, Jason, why don't we have her go First. Alyssa, why don't you come on up here? Now. You don't have to be afraid of this crowd. All of these people love you. They think you're awesome. So,
2: Hi. Okay. Well, what I got out of all last weekend was like God was just telling me that Christianity isn't really a religion. It's like you're either fully on with him or you're lukewarm, like you say you are, but you act like everybody else, or you're just not with him at all. There's no rules to being a Christian, you're with him or without him. And then um, my dad and I were having a conversation, and he told me that when he dies and goes to heaven, he wants to see his kids up there, and if he doesn't see his kids up there when they die, then he failed as a father because parents are supposed to bring their kids up to God and to know them and to follow them. And that really hit me, and I was like, wow, when I die, I want my kids to be up there. And then, um, like, I was just like, okay. And then I came back again, and I was listening, and it just really was hitting me because I at school, I'm a completely different person, honestly. I'm like, I say I'm a Christian, but then I just go and do what everybody else does. Like, I'm in with the crowd. I, yeah. And um, and then now, last, like, yeah, Monday, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> I was talking to some of my friends, and I was telling them, like, that God loves them and that he wants to be with them. And then they're like, what are you doing? I'm like, what? And they're like, you're talking about God. I'm like, yeah. They're like, used to be like, nothing about God. And if somebody'd bring God up, I'd be like, yeah, I'm a Christian. Then I just change the subject. But now I have lost a couple of friends because I'm now like the Christian girl at the school. And yeah. Um, and I've actually prayed for some people there in the hallway. Like, to get saved, and I heard that they went to a church for the first time. I was like, Praise oh, God. wow. So, <laughs> yeah, and I used to be, like, all about no reading the Bible, no listening to Christian music, because I was afraid, like, if I read the Bible or saying, like, Christian music, I'd, like, offend God because I would go and just do what everybody else does, and then I'd just worship Him. And now I have only Christian music on my phone, except, yeah. And then I am now reading the Bible a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just, yeah. Amen.
0: Amen. Hallelujah. What, What is significant... When you think about the power of God, to be able to pull someone out of this culture because it's so strong, the influence is so great. But to break free from that is significant. Yeah, come on up here. We'll pray over you, too, because you're in that public arena. For those of us, the students that are in the Christian school, that's a different deal. But, you know, they can play religious games in the Christian school. And not have a serious connection with God, too. But, uh, you know, she once dad, you can stand behind her. Father, we do thank you for this We thank you for boldness, holy boldness. Encourage, Father, to be that voice that you want her to be. That you use her, Father, to win many to you. And, Father, to shake up things and, and to bring light into darkness. In the name of Jesus, we pray protection over her, that you'd continue to stir her heart. Father, that you would cause her to grow in the knowledge of your will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding in the name of Jesus. We do pray. Thank you, Father. Thank you for all that you're doing in her life. Oh, Alyssa, you've been infected with God, with his glory, with his anointing, with his presence. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Don't let this ever quit, Lord. In Jesus' name, that Alyssa will serve you all the days of her life, and she'll never serve the devil. In the name of Jesus, Hallelujah. Hmm. There's seeds of greatness in you. Seeds of greatness in you, and God is going to use you mightily for this generation. Hallelujah. He's going to use you mightily in this generation as his witness. Praise God. Amen. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm. (inaudible) Michaela, if you want to come and give a quick testimony because she's made some decisions this week and it was nothing that was prompted by her mom and dad. It was something that God just started dealing with her on.
3: Well, um this weekend I think really touched a lot of people and I feel like like something woke up inside of me like I I don't know it was just like I just felt like such a terrible Christian (laughs) but that's good because like God convicted me and so I got home that night and I was like I was like okay I need to change because I don't want to just you know listen to something like that and then keep living my life the way that I was and I, yeah so um, that night like I don't know just God like did something and I just the thought of listening to another secular song just made me sick in my like I don't know just <laughs> and I don't know if any of you are familiar with Twitter but I, like, got on Twitter that night, and I was like, this is yucky. I was like, I, like, unfollowed all these people. And I was like, I need, you know, I need to, like, put myself around things of God. And I need to, like, you know, it's just, I don't know, it's just awesome.
0: Amen. the Lord. Amen. How about Justin? You want to come and share God has great things for this young man. Amen. Hallelujah.
4: Um, so a couple of the main things that I learned this weekend um, is, like basically I used to always be like really not confident about like if I died, would I go to heaven? And I was always like, I'm a lukewarm Christian. Maybe God and will have enough grace and I'll get into heaven, maybe not. But Isaiah pretty much made me pretty confident that I would be going to hell if I died. And he pretty much painted a whole new... Well, I mean, yeah, because... Yeah. Um, He painted a whole new picture of uh, Christianity because I thought I I knew it because I'd been to a lot of... I've been in church for a while, you know. I live with godly people, and I thought I knew it all, you know. But I have it all in my head, and I don't have it in my heart. And so he really showed me that I need to get it in my heart, otherwise... I'm not going to be able to do much of anything for God. And, yeah, that's pretty much it.
0: Praise God. Amen. (laughs) Amen. Any other young people want to share? You have something that is stirring in your heart? I could call on you, but... (laughs) Miss Steinbrook, are you aware of any others that should share? Nathan Moy. Uh.
5: Yeah, Nathan got touched. One thing I just want to add to Alyssa and Justin. And youth on Wednesday night, then we had Alyssa gave her testimony and then she prayed for every girl that was at youth, including all the girl leaders. And Justin did the same thing. And I'm telling you what they prayed was from heaven. When she prayed for me, like I was like, this, this is any great prophet. You know, like it, it wasn't, it was just like as if Isaiah had prayed. You know, because the power of God is the same. It doesn't matter who it's flowing through. If it's a yielded vessel. And those teenagers were on fire. Like, Mackenzie, did you enjoy worship at youth? Because you're a part of it. Like, everyone there was worshiping. It was awesome.
0: But mm-hmm. Nathan was the other one. Pharah, why don't you come and share? Yeah.
5: Nathan is sick today, um, but uh, he said he didn't know where it came from, but he had a hate in his heart toward his sister, Emily. And I would see it, and it would break my heart. And to see your son take his sister and apologize to her and say, I will protect you now. I won't hurt you. And to say that he wants to, that God has called him. He doesn't know where or what yet, but he felt a calling. He did, he's always like, "I don't know what I'm going to do when I grow up," you know. And now he's like, "I know God wants me to do something for Him." And um, I could just really tell a difference in him. And he's like, "I'm going to tell my brothers. I'm going to, you know." And he's just, you know, really excited for God. And but just as a parent, to see your son get right with God like that it's just it's just amazing amen. you that can't is, put it into words yeah. but I I'm so glad we came and um thank you
0: you're welcome amen <laughs> Hallelujah. you know I think there's an element many times where we can be so stubborn and so set in our ways but it's when we open our hearts and give God that opportunity, He will come in. And He will rearrange things in our heart, our priorities, our, our perspectives, and our outlooks. JJ, I saw you get out of your seat. Come on up here. He's graduating this year. He's in our academy.
6: Um. This weekend I asked, or this yeah, this past weekend, um, my grandma had been Put it to the hospital. Her ammonia levels were amazingly high, and the doctor said that she was in her final stages of her disease. Her disease, which, uh, for those of you who don't know, she's um she's been addicted to prescription drugs for years, which eventually led to corrosion of the liver. Which basically, her liver is like a rock now. Um, <clears throat> when I found out that she was in the hospital, I was like, okay, it's no big deal. I mean, she's been in and out of the hospital for years. But then my mom told me that the doctors said she, they really couldn't do anything. They didn't know how long she had. She didn't even know if she could make it to my uh, graduation, and that kind of hurt. So I went up um, Friday night to get to intercede for my grandma since she couldn't be there, and uh, Mr. Swinson prayed for, uh, with me and agreed with me. And then uh, I just started praying on my own time whenever I like, felt like to. And then on Wednesday, this last Wednesday, I asked my second to go up and just be able to pray for my grandma and have everybody else agree with me. And because of that, she is now out of the hospital. She is looking a lot better. She's sounding better. She, like, she can function much better. And I'm still believing that she's going to get a full healing. I still believe that Amen. she's going to be able to come down and see me graduate and then see her other kids graduate, grandkids graduate too.
0: Amen. Well, let's join our faith on that too right now. Thank you, Father. What's your mom's name? Debbie. 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 Father, we as a congregation join our faith together and we stand in the gap for Debbie. And Father, we thank you for your healing power from the top of her head to the soles of her feet. Father, we come against this fall disease that has attacked her liver from the effects of these prescription drugs. And Father, we thank you for her full heal. We thank you that you've sent your word to heal her and deliver her that jesus himself bore her sickness and carried her disease and that by his stripes she is healed in jesus name we thank you father and we see with the eye of faith who coming for this graduation and father being fully restored in the name of jesus hallelujah amen amen praise the lord well, we've been picking on this side uh I didn't forget you because we're going to have you come up, Greg, in a little bit. But uh, anyone on this side just have a testimony? Stephanie? Melissa? Oh, I keep calling her Stephanie for some reason, but she's Melissa.
6: Well, there was this Warsaw lady that got beat up by a prisoner. Well, um, a couple of days ago, they got her up walking, and now she remembers her son. So I remember, I know God's in me because I've been praying for
0: her. Praise God. Praise God, Melissa. Awesome. <laughs> Amen. And one of the things, Dolores, you have something? Okay, come on up here. One of the things we realize that when revival breaks out, people get out of the pew. They get out of their church seats and they go, they pray for the sick they share the love of God. And God begins to move in the community through the body, through the people. It's not just the pastor. That's why even when people come up, you know, it doesn't matter who's praying in the prayer line. The anointing of God is here. You don't have to have a particular man pray for you, a person. Just come and receive from God, whether it's me laying hands on you or a six-year-old that's praying for you.
7: Um... This last week, my brother-in-law was in the hospital, and uh, I got some of my family that thinks I fell out of a tree, so I was a little bit afraid to go up there, but I knew I was supposed to go see him. He's 80 years old. So I went up to see him, and it was funny because there were nurses in the room, a couple of nurses, and, and a cleaning lady, and I'm going, God... This is going to have to be a one shot so it's going to have to be good. So <laughs> I looked at him and then I says, I'm not going to use his name. Let's pretend he's Tom. I said, "Tom, if you die today, do you know you're going to heaven?" And he says, "Lord, he says I pray for my kids every morning and I pray for my kids every night." And I said, well, yeah, I want you to know that." And I said, "But I didn't ask you that." And I says, "I asked you, if you were to die today, Do you know you're going to heaven? And uh, he kind of shrugged his shoulders. And I says to him, I said, why did Jesus come? He says, well, he says he did miracles and all that stuff. And you could tell he was kind of uncomfortable. He was squirming a little bit and, and stuff. And I said, you know why he came? And I says, he took all of your sin, past, present, and future. And he went to hell and he paid for Christ for you so you can go to heaven. And I says, can we pray for And I said, will you pray with me? And it was funny because the nurses were in there and the cleaning lady was in there. I just shut my uh, attention from everybody. So he prayed with me and, and I says, okay. I says, now if you died today, do you know you're going to heaven? And he says, yes. And it was funny because his face started glowing and before I left the room, I picked up my arm and I says, if you die today, I says, do you know you're going to heaven? And he picked up his arm, and he says, yes. And then yesterday, one of my nieces, uh, I was in the car with her, and uh, her granddaughter was born uh, What Yellow John is really, really severe. And uh, she was telling me they they put him in, in, in ICU in Wausau. And uh, I says to her, no, she's a pending Christian. I've spent some time with her. And I says, she was driving, and I says, give me your right hand. And I says, drive with your left. And I says, let's pray for him. So we prayed for him, and then we come to a place where we were going to be and stuff. And uh, after a while, her son-in-law called, and she says, hey, he says, this little one is getting a lot better than Dr. Uh, progressed him, that he was recuperating fast.
0: <laughs> Praise God. Woo! Awesome. Hallelujah. Greg, why don't you come up? Thank you, Delois, for sharing that testimony. Delois, I tell you, she's an amazing woman. Uh, she's been part of this church from day one. In fact, she had faith in the young 26-year-old pastor that was still wet, what is it, wet between the ears? Well, have to go behind the ocean, <laughs> And uh, she's been with us all this time. What a blessing she is. Hallelujah.
8: You know, the um, there's been a lot of times that God has sounded the alarm and we turned the snooze button on. And that's this, we can't do that this time. I think the snooze button is broke. Because I'm going to tell you something. This is, this is serious. This isn't, you know, we can get wrapped up in the emotion of all this. And we can get all wrapped up in, in all the things that God did. And God's, the problem is, is that we fall in love with what God does, but we don't fall in love with God.
9: Right. Mm.
8: You know, he said, if you abide in me and my word abides in you, ask anything in my name. That's an if then. But a lot of people forget that if you abide in me, if you spend time alone with me, if you spend time letting me minister to you, if you spend time in praise and worship with me, and my word abides in you, you spend time in my word. He wants to have an intimate relationship with you. And it's not what he does that we fall in love with. That's a byproduct of falling in love with him. That's right. And that's what we need to do. This revival... This revival that God is sending in America is for us to fall in love with Him, and the byproduct of falling in love with Him is that we'll see what He can really do. And that's what the the, the alarm is right now in this country: is that we wake up and forget the snooze button and hit the knee button and get on our knees and spend time alone with Man. Him. That's what it is. And here's the bottom line: I'll cross the chicken line. Either get in or get out. It's that simple. And, I, and pastor's pleading with you, and so am I, to get in. Because I'll tell you, it's a lot better here. It's a lot better. Let me tell you what happened to me. Nico was the guy with the earrings. That's all you got to say. Everybody knows what I'm talking about. When I looked at him, I, I said to myself, Hey, when God said be holy, that's not what he had in mind. You know, with those, those earrings. And I started a prejud- prejudicial judgment against him because of his appearance. And when he got up, what really sealed the deal with me that the kid needed saved was he was a rapper. I hate rap music. And I'm like, the earrings and the rapping, unbelievable. You know, these books here weren't here at the time, and I was sitting in the back, the last row. And, you know, I came here with a very heavy heart. I really felt spent. I didn't have much left in me. I had ministered with Pastor, I had gone to him and I told him, I said, I pray, I beat my head against the wall. I tried doing things and I fall on my face. I said, I literally don't have two nickels to rub together. I'm so poor I can't afford to pay attention. And now tell me, where is God? And Pastor says, you have to contend, contend. So I came back a couple of weeks later, praying in tongues an hour and a half, two hours a day, you know, trying to, and I say, Pastor, I have to contend just to know how to contend for crying out <laughs> loud, it's so bad. <laughs> And I said, but I'm going to try pressing on. I'm going to try pressing on. And God gave me a vision, and it was like I was over here all weighed down, and he had a rope, and he's going like this, trying to to just help me along. And I'm resisting. I sat back there. I had my head down. And I said, God, you have to do something. You're going to lose me. I can't. And he said, look to your right. And I looked to my right. And right by that table back there, pacing back and forth is guess who? The earring boy. (laughs) He had his eyes closed and he's going like this back and forth. And I'm like, oh great, that wasn't God. (laughs) He said, God said, go have him pray for you. I'm like, devil, I rebuke you. I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. (laughs) He says... Go have him pray for you, and all I could hear, who remembers Keith Green? Uh Oh, yeah. All I could hear is, to obey is better than sacrifice. Okay. I said, all right, God, now you got to remember, I have an attitude. I was so wrong. I had an attitude against this guy because of his earrings and his rap music. I'm 52 years old. You older people can understand where I'm coming from, I'm sure. No, not older people, I'm sorry.
10: That's where I'm getting in trouble. Help me out. That's
8: okay. Anyhow, I went back and I offended him, I think, because I have a problem with someone who's who tries so hard to build up the courage. Come on and say, Brother, will you pray for me? I have a problem with lying. And he goes, Spirit of lying, come out. And everybody in the church is like, Ah, he's a liar. You know? <laughs> so I went back and I looked at him and I said, Excuse me. And he said, Yeah, and I said, Could you come here for a minute? And he came over and I said, If I tell you something to pray for, are you going to blab it to the whole church? I did. I said that. And he kind of stepped back and he said, "Uh, what do you mean? And I said, I want you to pray for something on me, but I want you to pray loud in front of everybody where everybody can hear. I said, everybody here knows me and I don't want that. And you know, he looked at me and he said, I don't want that either. And he said, do you want to go in another room or do you want to go outside? I said, would you go outside with me? And he said, yeah. And I said, let me tell you what the problem is. And I leaned over and I whispered an issue in my life that I'm looking for some deliverance in. He says, let's go outside. And we went outside. Dang it. We went outside, and I said, now, if you pray, there could be someone around the corner there. You be quiet. I said, you say this quietly. (laughs) And he came up to me, and he put his hand on my shoulder, and right here, and he was silent for a second, and then he said, In the name of Jesus Christ, every word curse that has ever been spoken over this man or that he has ever spoken, I silence and break right now. And I dismiss that. And I'm like, I didn't say anything to him about word curses. And he says, devil, you will not have this man. He's not yours. Get away from him now. You see, he had a word of knowledge that the enemy was all over me. After he got done praying for me, he he looked at me and he said... You have a very high calling on your life And the enemy was trying very hard to take you down And I have a problem with this high calling And I want to make this clear And I said this to him I said, I may have a high calling That's not necessarily a good thing You got the harder judgment your demand. You know, there's more what's a, you know, The more that's given, the more that's expected It's not like, oh, look at me And I said, just because I have a high calling Does not mean I have a high standing You know, Mary, the mother of Jesus Fulfilled the will of God for her life The parking lot attendant has fulfilled the will of God for their life. And in the eyes of God, he is no respecter of person. They are on the same plane. My call right now, and that is, is whatever God has called you to do, don't feel inferior in it. Because you were created for a purpose. And that purpose, if it's to be a parking lot attendant, then do it. And you are on the same plane as the Apostle Paul because he fulfilled his calling. And remember, Jesus said, I only know those who do the will of my Father. In other words, I only know those who fulfill the purpose that they were created on this earth for. And how do you know that purpose? Go to Romans eight twenty six. It says, we don't know how to pray as we ought, but the Spirit intercedes for us with groans and utterances with no man. When you pray in tongues, you are praying the will of God in your life. And part of this thing that's going on here is that we spend time alone loving God in tongues that are, His will would line up. If this awakened, if He wants me... To be the one that sweeps the carpet before every meeting. That's what I'm created for. I need to do that the best I can. But I wouldn't know that if I didn't pray in tongues to get that revelation. He looked at me outside and he said, you know what? And I said, what's that? He says, you will never get delivered from the very thing you asked me to pray for you until you experience God's peace. Because you will have his peace before deliverance comes. I'll tell you something. To this very second, I don't feel any different on the thing I asked him to pray for, but I am on fire because all of that stuff was lifted off of me. Remember, God showed me that he was like with a rope, and he was pulling like this. Now he's like this. Slow down, boy. Slow down. Because the weight's been lifted. That's what it is. When you hear, listen, listen. When you hear these kids coming up and testifying... It's it's you know what it is? it's the lie has been removed because what they've been doing is lying to themselves I can listen to secular music and Christian music you see, one of the things that Isaiah was saying the devil doesn't care if you read the Bible he just cares if you believe it and start living it you know, he doesn't care if you pray he just cares if you believe it well, he doesn't care if you're listening to music as long as you got a little blend in there taken away from it and that's the thing that we need to see is that it's all the way in or all the way out and that's where I really feel that God has totally released that heaviness and that, that you know what I still don't have two nickels to rub together but now it's okay. You know, I still I yeah, oh, I, never mind.
0: I'm alive. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Bruce Finetta. He wasn't here, but he was at a series of meetings, and God was using him, and a great harvest of souls. Do you want to come and, and share something what well, God is doing? And Hallelujah. We'll wrap up in a, a little bit here. I know we've gone a little over, but this is good. Yeah, this is really good.
11: You know, I think uh, a couple of things, what Greg said and what Pastor said about, uh, you know, parking a lot of tenants or guys sweeping the floor, and you said that the guys came in and told you that they couldn't have had what happened last weekend unless there was a foundation laid. As for me, I know as I travel from place to place to place, week in and week out, that's exactly what I see. And so what that tells me is the foundation that we had, uh, our, our main theme from last year is foundations and stuff. And what Pastor Matt and the other leadership team in this church, you know, pouring in, making those foundations. Paul said that one plants, another one waters, another one harvests, you know, it's all these things. Yes. And it's easy to get even in whether we're in ministry and maybe be, you know, I know for me, you know, he says he walks back there and thinks, oh, I blew it today. It it sounded terrible or it was a bad, bad sermon. And I run, I do the exact same thing. I listen to the same voices every time I speak, you know, all the stuff, you know, the the worship team, it's all the, it's all that same stuff. Listen to the the wrong voice, but the lie is broken. And uh, no matter where we've got, no matter where we're at, you know. They wouldn't have been able to come in and have that kind of a harvest this weekend or do what they did unless the foundation had mm-hmm. been poured for twenty some years, yeah. right? I mean, mm-hmm. so it's everybody collectively in a group. So the same thing. Uh, we were just down in Texas, New Mexico, and had you know uh, a series of meetings, small meetings. The biggest group was one hundred and forty some people, but yet we ended up seeing two hundred and ninety-seven salvations, and it couldn't it couldn't happen. We couldn't have had 297 salvations Except somebody else was there planting seeds Somebody else was there doing and We just got to go in, in that spot And kind of mop up at the end But it was everybody's, everybody's place And the same thing we saw a lot of crazy miracles So this guy had a crooked leg Visibly crooked in this church Walks up, we pray, and God straightens his leg out Well, there was something else that had happened in his life God had already done seeds planted seeds to the pastor of faith and everything else so that that miracle could happen or the pastor's wife who had a stroke and had an eye that was uh all messed up and we pray and god opens up the eye and i mean literally we saw crazy miracles miracle after miracle but all it wasn't anything about us going there it was god who had prepared the hearts and done all the other things, and everything all fit together. And that is really what it's about. We all do have a, a very important piece and a part. And when it says in Corinthians, one is an eye, one is a hand, one is a foot, you know, I mean, it all, if, if yeah. all the parts aren't there,
0: it can't work. Yeah, that's right. That's it. Amen. Yeah. Good word. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Denise?
12: I'm going to take this opportunity because it's very, very seldom that God gives me the opportunity to be an exhorter. I'm normally a stir stick, and so I get to sit up here and say thank you. Now I'm—I know that it's from God. I know that He is the one that did it. But see, you are the ones that prayed, and I want to say thank you. We came up on Sunday, uh, Sunday night. Uh, we had just found out that my my son's dad had died, and. I called Bishop because I was mad. I was angry. Uh, some of that was righteous anger. Some of it was not. I called Jess's godfather, which was is Francis. And Francis said, I think we need to pray about that anger. And he did. He prayed about the the unrighteous anger, that that would go so there would be no hindrance. So that by the time I I still deal with a little bit of it, every once in a while it pops its little ugly head up. But on Sunday night, it was really... Righteous anger. I was angry. It was a devil trying to come to steal, kill, and destroy. Whether it was my, our, our middle son or whether it was the whole family or whether parts of it. And so we got to go down to Indiana on, on Monday and got to take him to, to say goodbye to a man that, yes, he had never met, but it's still his dad. See, there's still a part. God creates us. That's your dad. And there's still a little hole, and he needed to be able to have closure. And God graced him with that. And then he spewed, I'll, I'll say it a little different than I did to, to pastor or bishop, but he's, God just continued to spew blessings upon blessings upon blessings upon Jesse and really us. And he got to meet his, his half-sister, that, that they have the same dad, and that sister said, I've waited 12 years to meet you. She had open arms and just wanted to hug him. Ask him, can I hug you? And he said, Yes. And he finally, not that he doesn't fit here, he does. He fits here. But it's God answering the prayers that we've had. Lord, fill that part of his, his, his heart, his whole that you created. It was your, it's your heart that, that you created in him, and it's his family. Let him meet them. And God spewed out blessing upon blessing, and he got to meet his sister. This summer, he'll get to meet his dad's family and even though there's roller coasters of emotions so you can still pray for him cuz he still has to deal with the loss of a dad but he's been given Romans 8:28 I will turn all things to the good for those who love me and are called according to my purpose that's what God promised and he's he's kept that promise to Jesse but I wanted to take the opportunity to say thank you thank you for praying for probably Amen. for most of you don't even know him thank you
0: Amen, thank you so much Thank you, amen Praise God Did you have something? Hallelujah, that's good And one thing, when we were praying for him The Lord gave me that word that Jesse is not fatherless Because he has a heavenly father He has an earthly father Adopted dad And a spiritual father as his pastor So he
1: is not fatherless Mm Amen Well, I just want to thank you as a body for um, really, you know, we say that revival and those things don't come by doing, but it takes a lot of hands working together and flowing together. And there was such ultimate unity within the team of volunteers that we had last weekend, and and it will continue, you know. And I I encourage you, as you get out there in, in the city, Doing whatever God's called you to do, that you take time to pray for people, that you listen to those aha moments. This is who God wants me to talk to. This is what he wants me to say, because he's put that same thing. You know, we all talk about Isaiah and Nino and Nico, and we learned all kinds of ecos, echoes, whatever. <laughs> and I was really proud of you because, you know, sometimes that can be hard for my honey those names he did pretty good (laughs) and so um you know they they're men of god but this room is full of men and women of god and so the same thing that god placed in them he placed in all of us and you know i love that this thing hasn't died this is like a, a week later and that fire that stuff is still in us That's when you know it's a move of God. And, and you know, he has deliverance for us. There's still areas, like Greg said, you know, you still might be dealing with something, but the freedom is there. (laughs) You know, and um, I just want to, as a body, you know, I know that not everybody physically can fast for whatever reasons, um, medical reasons or things like that, but when Bishop goes on Wednesday night, he's going to leave after service, and he's going to come back either late Friday night or early um, Saturday morning for the, the son's meeting. So if you're a spiritual son, Saturday morning from 8 to 9 in the conference room, unless you have to move out here because there's so many of you, hopefully. <laughs> anyway, um, if we can all fast with Bishop, because this isn't just his deal. This isn't just the leadership's deal. This is the body's deal. And so where do we want God to move in our lives what are we believing God for how do we want God to use us and so let's, let's partner with Bishop let's stand with him and let's fast and pray and uh, just encourage our spiritual father in the Amen. Lord Amen.
0: and even if it's just a meal a day you know depending on you know you, how you are with your body and everything praise God well we're going to have the worship team come and I know there's others that have testimonies and, and I think these testimonies can be shared one with another. Make sure you testify amongst yourselves of what God has done and what he's doing. Amen. But well, we want to uh, close and we're going to give opportunity for those that desire prayer. The pastoral care leaders will be up here to pray with anyone that has a need. Maybe you're dealing with something that you just need prayer agreement for. If you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, we want to invite you to come and and receive prayer so that you can make your peace with God and, and receive his Lordship in your life and make that important decision that determines where you will spend eternity. All right, let's stand together, if you would. And the pastoral care leaders, make your way to the front at this time as well. For those of you that are here today and you sense that you need to make a fresh commitment to Jesus Christ, what we're going to do, I'm going to have you just join hands across the auditorium and just take hands of the person next to you. And I'm going to lead you in a prayer. Now, if you've already prayed a prayer accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior, this will only affirm what you believe and what you've confessed confessing Jesus, the Lord of your life. But maybe you've never really given your heart to him. And so this is a time and an opportunity where you can do that, where you can get right with God and open your heart to receive him as Lord and Savior. I just sense that we need to do this this morning. And so repeat after me in this prayer. And I'm going to have everyone uh, repeat this prayer out loud, making this prayer your prayer, embracing it with your heart. Repeat after me, Heavenly Father, Father, I come before you in the name of Jesus. I I acknowledge that without you I'm lost and without hope. hope. But you sent Jesus Jesus to die on the cross for me, to to forgive forgive me of my sins. And today I make a choice to place my faith in him. I believe in my heart that you raised Jesus from the dead and that he came to give me life. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins and make my life what you want it to be. In Jesus' name I pray. I receive you, Jesus. I declare you to be the Lord of my life. Hallelujah. Now just rejoice. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Now, now if you prayed that prayer with a sincere heart, the reason I had you join hands is because it's a, it's a one heart. God is knitting hearts together. But turn to the person next to you and say, I believe that prayer, and Jesus is the Lord of my life. Acknowledge that before men. We're going to have Justin and Alyssa join this prayer team. We're going to have them join the pastoral care leaders. and Because we're going to have them pray for anybody that needs prayer. As we dismiss, the worship team will still continue to minister. But we're going to invite anyone that wants prayer to come and receive prayer. You may have a physical need in your body where you need healing. You may have a loved one that you want to stand in proxy for and have them join their faith with you for that loved one. You may have a a battle in your mind and your emotions that you just want to be free from. Or if there's an addiction or some other issue you're facing, God will meet you at your point of need. Hallelujah. Praise God. So at this time, if you need prayer, make your way to the front. And I'm going to dismiss in a general prayer. But we will remain here to continue to pray for anyone that needs prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this service. We thank you for your great love that you have for us. And we acknowledge you today as our Lord, our Savior. And Father, we thank you for moving by your spirit to touch the heart and life of every person gathered in this place. We thank you for heaven's encounter that you pour out your spirit, that you bring times of refreshing in your presence and that you meet us at our point of need as, as we fully surrender to you, O oh God. We give you our hearts, we give you our lives today in the name of Jesus, we give you praise. Hallelujah. Praise God. Well, God bless you. Those desiring prayer, please make your way to the front and uh, you can be dismissed for those of you that need to leave, but you can linger and stay as long as you want. Hallelujah. God bless you. Thank you for so much for coming.
10: To the rim. Dios. Frequency.